A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. Hey, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day. Welcome to Screen Perspectives, a podcast produced by the Pittsburgh Film Office to share how people build successful careers in the screen industry, be it film, TV, or streaming. Screen Perspectives was born out of many conversations with industry professionals, sometimes over dinner, sometimes over drinks and a lot of times driving around looking at the wonderful diversity of locations in the southwestern Pennsylvania region. Thousands of people make their living in the film TV streaming business, which is nationally an over $28 billion a year industry. Locally, it is responsible for over $150 million in new money to the southwestern Pennsylvania region's economy. There really is no direct pathway to success in this industry. It's a lot of hard work, networking, and you have to account for a little bit of luck to be successful. The Pittsburgh Film Office is excited to share these amazing individuals' stories with you so you can learn how they did it and determine your best path forward. Screen Perspectives is hosted by me, Kevin Smith, screenwriter and director of broadcasting at the University of Pittsburgh, and the incredible Don Kieser, director of the Pittsburgh Film Office. Our guest on today's podcast is Alex Scott, renowned producer, production manager, and cinematographer. Alex Scott has been a major part of award-winning features in the past decade, including Lady Bird, Django Unchained, The Revenant, Birdman, Bewitched, and filmed in the Pittsburgh region, Rusted. Through his work on these projects and more, He has had the opportunity to tackle unique sets and collaborate with memorable directors like Alejandro Iñárritu, Greta Gerwig, Quentin Tarantino, and George C. Wolfe. We were thrilled to have him recently in the Pittsburgh region during the filming of Rustin. As an executive producer, Alex and the talented director George C. Wolfe brought the story of civil rights activist Bayard Rustin to life. It's an Oscar-caliber film, and it's available now on Netflix. Thank you for joining us. I I love that you said, look for great people. The people that you've had a chance to work with, and conversely, they've had a chance to work with you when you talk about great filmmakers, you've had uh, Alejandro Iñárritu, you've had Quentin Tarantino, you've had uh, Greta Gerwig to Olivia Wilde. I mean, these are just George C. Wolf. It's almost, it's like a who's who. When I watch the Oscars, basically, it's the people that sit in the first two rows is what happens. Uh, What did you learn from each of these people? And what have you taken away from each of them working with them? Wow. That's a big question. Getting a chance to work with all those people is mostly luck. <laughs> it really is. I count myself. I count myself very lucky. You know, every filmmaker 
um, has been a has been a very different experience. I've been really lucky to have worked with a couple of amazing, a, f- a couple several really great auteur you know, directors, um, and you know everyone brings a different point of view to the table, and and each and every one of those filmmakers. I gets me excited about telling their story. I think that's the that's the key thing is that that you know great directors have unique points of view or really understand what the audience comes to the movies to see and what they you know how to how to tell the story in a way that's compelling jumps off the screen that you have to see it. Before uh, we got going and I had a chance to talk to Alex about the scene in Revenant which uh, he was co-producer of Revenant and uh, this movie's insane. It's five Oscar nominations. It won three Oscars, by the way. Um, The scene with the bear and Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the most remarkable scenes in the history of film. It's it's compelling. It's disturbing. It's engaging. It's everything that you can ever want in one scene. And I asked uh, Alex about that scene, and you had a great point about how Alejandro, uh, the director, prepared and and made that scene. Can you can you share that with our listeners? Oh, sure. So the work that went into that scene, Alejandro had such a specific way that he wanted to to tell the story and to 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 shoot it. A lot of it was in the script. The way that you read the scene and wonder how on earth are we going to. You know how is how are we going to do this? Uh, but he and Chivo and the and the visual effects supervisor Rich McBride put in a ton of work in prep and blocked the scene out ahead of time with with a with a Canon you know SLR camera. Um, a stuntman played the the bear and the way it was blocked all in largely in a continuous shot. I mean, it makes it really compelling. You're kind of on the edge of your your seat. Alejandro had had screened Birdman for us. And the very early in the uh, in the pre-production and that movie, I, it was stunning to see how the the camera work created this tension and really put you in the into the movie. So I, I think they you know used some of the same approach and made something amazing. You know, and here again, Alejandro, you can see why he won an Academy Award for that. And even in cinematography, you added what Emmanuel uh, Lubezki. Chief I believe o. also yes. won the right. He also won the Academy Award for cinematography. Yeah. Which, when you put that level of talent together, you end up with, like you said, incredible moments that are uh, in film for forever. They are they become part of uh, the American lexicon in the world of film. So I, I want to take you again to another film, which is uh, I'm sure uh, Jenner and and Isaiah may comment on this one because it's quite an interesting film and. What drew you to being a co-producer on it? What was your experience from Django Unchained with a cast that included, which is ridiculous, from director Quentin Tarantino to uh, Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, Chris uh, Waltz to Samuel Jackson, Don Johnson, Kerry Washington, Alex Scott. So you name it, everybody's there. What, what drew you to that? What was the experience like for that film since it's it's iconic, especially in college work. That was one of my favorite working experiences. I was a, I was a production supervisor on that movie, and it was it was kind of my first big step up in the production world. I, that's my first credit as a production supervisor, uh, and it was with that same group of people who I met in the conference room actually at Beacon Pictures, James Scotchdepole, 
Mark Hammer and Pilar Savone. They were all on that movie. Pilar was a producer, Jim was executive producer, and Mark Hammer was my the other production supervisor. So it was amazing dream team. But the truth is, there's nothing like a movie that Quentin Tarantino directs. There's nothing like it. It's a bucket list experience. You know, he he, he has has been so consistently successful that he can write his own ticket and he makes the movie the way he wants to. And he's the center center and the star of it uh, in, in a way. Um, so that is a, there's a, it's an incredibly unique and special uh, uh, way to make a movie and uh, it's li lifelong memories, man. I mean, you know, it, it, it was a hard movie to make. Don't get me wrong. You know, we were, it was, I think when we counted it all up, I want to say it, it was well over a hundred days of filming. Um, we shot in Los Angeles, we shot in Jackson, Wyoming, and we shot in New Orleans, Louisiana. So it, very complicated, uh, a, a Western, or as Quentin would say, it was a Southern with ho horses and stunts. And, and uh, I mean, you know, it was an amazing, amazing experience. I count myself very lucky. What's your name? Django. Can you spell it? D-J-A-N-G-O. The D is silent. Um, I, I want to give you a hat uh, off of that because when you say stunts, I don't know if there's ever been a film with more stunt people involved in the history of film. Uh, if you ever, if anybody wants to have a fun time, go to IMDb and look at the amount of stunt people. It's <laughs> the, the amount of stunt people is, is longer than most cast star. And, and uh, the ca Victoria Thomas was the cast. Uh, she did. That was the casting for that film. But um, that's a remarkable. That's a piece of art. That, that film's a piece of art because of how brilliant it's told. And like you said, it's a it's pure Quentin Tarantino. It's pure. So that's that's exciting. And that's Don, really, why don't you go ahead? Well, no, that's really the one you'd call your favorite. No, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite. It was an amazing experience. It was a hard, it was a hard, you know, it was a hard uh, shoot. It was a really hard shoot, but we also had some of the most amazing, you know, so, an amazing time and an amazing time make, making the movie. I mean, Quentin's one of those directors. His favorite thing to do is to shoot the movie. That's a happy place. And, and he treats the, you know, the cast and the crew become like a family together. You know, he wants to hang out with you on the weekends and, you know, screens <laughs> movies for the crew. I mean, it was wow, so okay. amazing and special. We took over a soundstage and, and flew in 35 millimeter projectors, of course, and of course. set up a screening room. And, wow. you know, he would show films on the weekend for the crew. What's your Desert Island film? I am totally unprepared to answer that question. I, I don't know that I could pick one. I really yeah, don't. I understand. I really how, don't. how are you going to play this film on a desert island, Kevin? I'm just curious. <laughs> have, have Quentin bring in some screens. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Quentin's going to be on the desert island with you. That's, we'll have to ask Quentin that when we talk to him, because I'm sure Alex is going to help us set that up one, too. So, Although he'd probably talk to us. He was a huge George Romero fan from Night yeah. of the Living Dead, and he came in for that. So you never know. I I have to say up the I, I really did like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and and because yeah. it was a movie that you could it just welcomed you in and you could live in that movie for you know a while and it probably helped that it was you know I saw it on a date night at the New Beverly Cinema that Quentin owns and Quentin had curated <laughs> the trailers before and the posters every trailer before the movie was either 
a real movie, you know, from the sixties, like Rosemary's baby, or he had put in the fake trailers from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) How cool. So what was your favorite project? Yes. Other than the ones you shot in Pittsburgh, of course, but you know, (laughs) I, you know, it's, it's hard to say one that, that, that sticks up there for me is, uh, is actually a small film I made called mid nineties that Jonah Hill directed. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. about a, a young skater, um, in Los Angeles and period, little period movie made for not a lot of money, but it was one of those projects where, Jonah had such an amazing, compelling script. It was a movie of a certain size where everyone knows what they're making. You know, sometimes on a larger project with there's more personalities or egos or, or you know, ex- expectations. And there's something interesting about making a, a, a little movie where everyone knows, okay, this is what we're doing. And it was just the most wonderful shoot. We, I had a chance to, to work with the, with Jonah really early on to prep the movie and to, to, to make the plan and make the plan that, that he really wanted. And then the shoot just became executing it. And it, we ended on schedule and on budget. And, and it was one of those lovely shoots. And then because the star was, I think, I think uh, Sonny was like 11 years old at the time, or maybe 12, we shot really short days. So it just became a, a, like it was a lovely, really lovely working experience. Did that shoot in LA? It shot in LA. So you could go okay. home at night and see those kids you hardly get to see. It was amazing. I could see we had I had just had um, our firstborn. We we just had Henry, and you know I could we could shoot a whole day, and I could have a cost report meeting and make it home for dinner. It was amazing. <laughs> oh my! And <laughs> LA even make it home for dinner, which is yeah. that saying something. And I, I I want you to go back and say something that very few people get to hear in the film industry, and that is, you shot on time, and on budget, which, that's. That's a feat in itself sometimes, no matter the size of the production. What are some of the challenges that you faced, uh, obviously, from um, produ- production supervisor, executive producer, uh, co-producer? What are some of the more challenging things that you've run into in each of those capacities? Lately, it feels like the challenge is, is making, coming up with the, with the production plan, making the movie inside the box that someone wants to make it for. You know, Especially these days, the theatrical market, everything feels a little sideways um and and you can see that it's it's just it's hard to make it's ha- always hard to make a movie right it's 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 always hard but it's especially hard now uh, the the margins everything's gotten so tight um so i'd say that's that's you know lately that is that's the challenge the script is stunning and it, it reads you know like millions and millions of dollars but the you know the studio or the producer wants to make it for you know, 10. <laughs> so how, how do you do it? And, and we don't want to disappoint it, you know, so just be, being upfront and, and realistic about what we can achieve and what we can't uh, is, is certainly a challenge. And, and look, there are always surprises. There's always personalities, but, but that lately, maybe it's just because I've been doing a lot of boards and budgets uh, that, that feels like it's been the challenge. I love that you just said about uh, it's, it's how to do the film still basically maintain the integrity of the script. And that takes us to me, to uh, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. Julie? Julie? Hey, what do you want from Julie? Darlene, can you excuse us? Darlene, stay. Why aren't you in Algebra 2? I switched sections. Why? Aren't Jenna and Kyle enough? (laughs) 
I'm sorry that you're jealous. <laughs> Jenna is a moron, you know. She's not. She's in AP calculus. She's a moron in a deeper sense. You don't even know her. Miss Patty assigned you a role, by the way. You just never showed up to claim it. What role? The Tempest. There is no role of the Tempest. It is the titular role. No, it's a made-up thing, so we all can participate. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention, can you? Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're fake, totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And that film's beautiful. It's almost hard to describe how beautiful that film is. And I, I'm, I'm torn between, obviously, the acting's great with the number, what, five more Academy Award nominations and bunch of wins on that one. But the pace of that film is so beautiful. It's, it's, it's a different pace than what we're used to seeing, I guess, you know, in, in today's films. What drew you to Lady Bird? What was special about that experience? Lady Bird is an, is an interesting one for me. That script was so perfect. And it was so it's, it's in the script. And to re I read it and thought, I would do craft service on this movie. I would like. I would do, I would do, wait, 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 I wait! Would, Have you ever actually done craft service? I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay. Really, no. <laughs> but I would. I would on that. Lady Bird is a is an interesting one for me because it uh, it was very early in my career. It's one of my first movies as a line producer, and it, uh, unfortunately, I did come in on that movie to replace someone. So my first day uh, on the set was the day, well, my first day on the movie was the day before principal photography. My first time meeting the crew was their day one. Oh, that wow. Was... I bet they were really happy to see you. Mm. <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting experience. And, and for, for that reason, you know, the, that movie, look, it wasn't a long shoot. It didn't have, it was made for not a lot of money. You know, getting, getting uh, hold of the movie and, and, and kind of like getting the plan in order was a major was a major undertaking. The first several weeks were really just triage. So the cast had a wonderful time, uh, you know, the, the making the movie. Uh, it was, uh, but my memory is a lot of time like on being on the phone <laughs> and, 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 and you know uh, fig figuring out our, our plans, getting things in order. And Don, it depends on if they like them or not. How that first line producer turned out with the crew. Well, usually when they come in like that, because yeah. Alex, I think you've come in and rescued other shows, right? That wasn't it, the first time you've had it's to It's happened in. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's a fixer. I, I, I Obviously brilliant at it. I'm curious if you read anything or were aware of Bayard Rustin prior to getting involved in that film and what drew you to, to Rustin? I have to admit, I actually didn't know who Bayard Rustin was before I met on the movie. Bring to you the executive director of the March on Washington, the man who organized this whole thing, Mr. Bayard Rustin. Ladies and gentlemen, the first demand is that we have effective civil rights legislation, no compromise, no filibuster, and that it includes public accommodation, decent housing, integrated education, FAPC, and the right to vote. What do you say? I happened to hear, we have in LA, we have this terrific radio station called KCRW, and I happened to hear a five-minute little blurb on Rustin right before I met on the project. And so it was very strange timing. And... The thing that drew me to the project was this 
incredible script that George C. Wolf wrote. I read George's draft and that was it. I mean, wow. I, you know, such an interesting character, such an interesting moment in history. And what I loved about the movie is it shows, I really like movies that are about a person making a thing, you know, yeah. that, you know, where you really see how something happens and comes together. Uh, and for me, that, that movie is a, about that. You really see the, the, the march come together. You see how messy it is. And, and the political infighting that was going on and, and the, you know, the personalities involved. And at the end of the day, there's this watershed historical civil rights moment. I, I really, I, I love that the movie takes you through that. And part of the reason, not that I'm going to pretend to speak for George at all, ever, but part of the reason they wrote this and wanted to get this story out is because so many of us had never heard, I'd never heard of him. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't know the story. So I can't wait to yeah. see it. It's going to be great. Pittsburgh looks yeah. amazing as always. Just wanted to throw that in there. Pittsburgh. Yeah. I actually, I just, I just got a chance to see the almost finished movie and it looks spectacular. And what I love about Pittsburgh is that it got us, you know, we, we created Harlem there, you know, we mm -hmm. created Manhattan, we created, you know, parts of, of DC. And then we were close enough to DC that we could you know, pop, pop right down. But we also were able to create moments of, of traveling across the country. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a scene that happens in a couple of scenes that happen in Georgia. It looks, man, it looks perfect. You know, there's scenes in, there's a scene in Kansas city. It, it, it really gave us an enormous breath. And then at the exact same time we were shooting that movie for Netflix, there was another Netflix shooting, Netflix movie shooting uh, called the pale blue eye, which right. was stunning and looked completely different. And so my, my good friend, uh, Tracy Landon was uh, line producing on that movie. And I, I just, I called her after I saw it, like, wh where was th these locations look so amazing and different? <laughs> where was this Pittsburgh? This is amazing. Yeah, but that was uh, so, like late 1800s. They made dirt roads. We had horses. They really did bring the circus. But yeah, you're the, right. You were shooting at the same time. That's a really great point. You were shooting exactly at the same time and it, you know, hundred years apart, <laughs> hundred, hundred years apart and in a different world. I mean, it, it's amazing. And I think it speaks to what, what Pittsburgh offers in terms of locations that you can have, you know, both of those movies shooting at the same time. Yeah. And you're right. And the, the talent, like I always laugh because of the talent level that comes, that shows up with yourself. And, and when these crews come in with Coleman Domingo is your lead, right? If I'm yeah. correct. Um, and uh, Christian Bale was the lead in um, uh, pale blue eye. Right. So yeah. it, like, but you bring in these incredible crews and these incredible uh, cast. And the lucky thing is, is that I know our students have PA'd on sets in addition to um, the, the crews that are here. And they get to work with these incredible professionals that come in from LA, which is again, it, that's an amazing experience for the local people here yeah. to have that opportunity, which is, which is a great experience, not only for our students, my students, but also for the people that are here, you know, what Dawn's put together here is, is remarkable. So I'm always in awe of the queen, um, which she, she makes me call her that. No, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> of the queen. It's, so, I make Alex call me that too. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing you say that. It's funny. One of the, one of my, the things I really do love about Pittsburgh is that the crew base and and the fact that there are so many really talented you know film professionals in, in Pittsburgh, uh, I I know that if we bring a project you know there that there's going to be the the talented 
base of, of, of crew to, to make it. It really speaks to what, to what, you know, you guys have been able to foster and yeah, it's uh it's, it's a real plus. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll have to get you, we need to get you back here for not only a Permani sandwich, but let's get your, let's get your kids back to uh, go to a Pirates game. Yes, he was trying, we had a movie and it fell apart again, but that oh, wasn't our fault, but he's coming back. On, he loves man. us. He'll be back. So. Oh man. <laughs> my treat, my treat to dinner for the kids, man. Plus, That's no problem. List, I was very serious at the beginning of this conversation. Our crew loves Alex. He's welcome back anytime. There's another list. You won't meet them on our podcast because we don't. Yeah, no, Dawn won't even, she won't even share it with me. Yeah. So uh, that being be said, I, I know uh, we've kept you quite a while. Dawn, do you have anything else? Because uh, I cannot tell you how enjoyable this has been. Alex, you're, you're remarkable. Just Alex, remarkable. no, thank you. I really appreciate it. You're, you're amazing. And we're so lucky to know you and can't wait to welcome you back to Pittsburgh. Thank you. I can't wait to come back. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been fun. You've been listening to episode 15 of Screen Perspectives. Screen Perspectives is hosted by Don Keezer and Kevin Smith, produced and engineered by Max Glider, Isaiah Stewart, and Jennifer Booker. Music by Isaiah Stewart. Special thanks to today's guest, Alex Scott, the Pittsburgh Film Office, and to the University of Pittsburgh. Screen Perspectives is a production of the Pittsburgh Film Office.